Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. Good morning. Good morning, Boonville Worship Center. Welcome to church. And Jesus says, and as you go, he's calling the 12. He's calling 12 men that are hot messes out into the earth to evangelize people that have no grid for what the message is. But he says, as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you believe that? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And this morning, whenever I was at home, I I was hearing the Holy Spirit say, at the very, very least, he wants to touch you with this power. At the very least, he wants you to see his glory. At the very least. But the very greatest gift is the depth of intimacy of knowing him and him being our greatest reward and our greatest desire and not just being entertained by the power and the fire of God. But yet at the very least, he still wants to meet us. He says, even he told the disciples, even if they don't believe your words, they're going to see my power. I feel convicted. I feel hungry. I feel desperate to, to be in the power of God, to see his glory, to see his glory. And so I'm going to ask you to stand this morning and I'm going to ask you to be um, really vulnerable. And if you need a miracle, if you need a miracle, I want you to come up here to this altar and I want you to, to come out, come down in faith. If you need a miracle in your body, come down. I don't care if it's a cold or if it's cancer or if it's a, a, a something that you've dealt with your whole life or if it's something you've picked up in the last day or two. If you have mental, emotional issues that have not gone away, um, can I ask everybody that's at the altar, I'm gonna ask you to stand up because we're gonna have people pray with you. If you have mental issues that you cannot shake and you do not how to get know how to, to get your mind in order, then I ask you to come down in faith. If you're having emotional issues, come down. to come stand up because I want people to pray with you. 
So what I need is for, for you to be the prayer team. And I need the ones, guys, listen to me. I need the ones that will, that will step out in faith and join in with these people. If, if it needs to be a group of two or three, that's fine. But listen, you are going to be the prayer team and you are going to be the one that is going to agree with them for the miracle that they need. Everybody down here needs to have people with them. So please step down. Please come down and be the prayer team for these people. Come on, guys. So ask them what they're praying for. Ask them what they need a miracle for, guys. Agree with them and call on heaven. God, guys, for the for the miracle and the need that they have. Don't be shy. Agree with them. Because think about it. What Jesus did on the cross was for the body of Christ to walk in wholeness and fullness and healing. God, let your fire fall on your people. God, let your fire fall on your people, God. God, we cry out, yes and amen, Jesus.
saying praise the Lord for all that's going on. Yes. Uh, it's been pretty exciting this spring and I uh, thought I was doing good but found out I had no energy and couldn't really get going in what I was wanting to do. Those of you that know me, uh, I cut firewood for fun and I couldn't do that at all. I, I couldn't by the time I walked to it, I didn't have enough energy and all to do it. And I knew something was wrong. So we started going to the doctors and we ended up in the hospital in Evansville for a week. And they found out that my heart, I had a, a what? Well, it, it I, no, that wasn't what they found out, they, that it was fluttering. <laughs> AFib and uh, they started doing tests and then they they had to do a test that they couldn't do here so they sent me to Nashville so I went to Vanderbilt and they checked to put a scope down me and found out I had a blood clot on in my heart so then we had to, we were waiting to see what that was all about and uh, was supposed to try to dissolve it and a week or so later, we went back to, uh, we didn't go to Vanderbilt this time. The doctor that, we have matching open heart surgery marks now. We, we, a good couple tries to do things together. But anyway, went to the doctor there and, and uh, it went on a whirlwind. I went down there with the thought that we're just going to meet this doctor and say hello and then he'll give us figure out what we want to do janet had been packed for two weeks she had the suitcases ready to go we went down there and he gave me this story that uh i've been looking at your stuff and we need to do something he said we'll get you a room we'll do some tests and if all goes well we'll operate on you thursday well, as I said, I was going to meet him. That, that seemed pretty radical for, uh, I, we walked back into where the waiting room and we didn't get to sit down until they had a nurse there and he took me to a, a room and started the test the next day. 
did the open heart surgery on Thursday. I don't recommend it for anybody, but if you need it, the Lord is faithful to take care of you. Amen. I telling people that uh, down in or down at the hospital, if you're successful in your uh, open heart surgery, they give you a beard, so it, it, it's all all good. But he has been, you, you know, we're it's been a, a little over five weeks now since it happened. I'm getting better every day. Uh, He's faithful, people. If you if you need something, he's faithful. It was uh, quite the adventure, but uh, he's faithful to take us through it. He loves us, and and he's got something for all of us. They told me I could get another 25 years out of this, so I'm sure I've got stuff I'm supposed to be doing, as with all of us. And thank you. Isn't it good to hear from Mr. Clinton? Yeah, so God, we just lift our eyes to you. And we just say, you're all we need. You're enough. You are enough. You are our greatest pleasure. You are our greatest treasure. God, you are the center of our lives. And God, we ask you to show up. Show up today. Oh God, as we, God, are crying out to you. And we know when we cry out that you show up. We just lift your name in Jesus' name. Psalm 23 and verse 6. His goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Isn't it amazing to think that His goodness is chasing after you and it just gets better and better and better? Isn't that awesome? It's like a, I actually... Uh, had the chance to teach one of the kids classes Wednesday night and uh, I love doing that when I get a chance and Miss Pat, uh, Miss Julianne was teaching in here so I had the the flood zone we had junior camp going on so most of our kids were up there and uh, so I just had one little fella and the Lord uh, gave me a word for it for that that day to teach that night and it was Psalm uh, 23 verse 6 to teach this little guy and I had him walk around the gym like this and I was just a shadow the whole time and teaching him that no matter where we go his goodness come on no matter what you're going through or how dark it feels his goodness is right there I just need to tell someone today that his goodness is chasing after you and his mercy come on and it's life-changing and it's so powerful amen let's pray together father we love you and we just thank you for your presence we thank you for the altar ministry time this morning and for just the uh, the mental and emotional things that were healed we thank you for the bodies that were touched we thank you for direction that was given as people were just seeking your wisdom we thank you that you just always know what we need you are so good and you're so faithful you always always faithful and we just love you we embrace you god i just pray in this house today god from the youngest to the oldest that you just captivate every heart that you just meet people right where they're at and take them by the hand and just lead us all god just a step closer into you into your presence into your faithfulness into your goodness into your mercy have your way in this house and we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Everybody grab your Bible if you would, or your Bible phone app, whatever you got. Hopefully, I like to have my Bible with me, but you do what you got to do, boo-boo. Romans in chapter 8. I want you, if you just open that up, and we're going to take a few moments before we get there, but that way you've got that ready. I'm excited for this Word uh, that the Lord's led us to today, and Romans in chapter 8. So, uh, I want to I talk about, I guess, the, the center bullseye that I feel like God gave me is the word expectancy, but there's a lot that goes along with that word expectancy. So grab a hold of this. It's expectancy and faith over feeling. Everybody say faith over feeling. So this is what we're going to navigate through today is faith over feeling and living in, exp- in a place of expectancy. So let's just step into this. You guys ready? Amen. Let's pull up to the table. Let's give the Lord our attention. Let's hear what He has to say. Let's grab a hold of this. We need it. So let's just dig in. So faith over feeling. Um, let me just lay a little bit of groundwork real quick. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Faith will always move you forward when you step into it. Okay? So you've got to grab this. But faith will always move you forward when you step into it. Now I'm talking about faith over feelings. So the opposite of that is, is negative feelings will always set you back when you give in to them. So faith will move us forward and negative feelings will always set us back. These two are always at war a little bit in our lives. Now, now this is real important. Um, our feelings involve us. And our faith involves God. Our, our feelings involve us. We live there a whole lot, don't we? Come on, let's just be real. But our feelings involve us, but our faith, our faith involves God. So with this understanding, our faith should always be greater than our feelings. Now, so we feel fear at times. Uh, we feel inadequate at times. Uh, we, feel, we feel insecure. Uh, we feel helpless maybe in certain situations. Uh, Certain things that we face in life, uh, sometimes there's a hopeless feeling in it. Uh, Often we feel discouraged with things uh, that happen in life and relationships. Sometimes we feel unworthy uh, because of mistakes that we've made or shortcomings within ourselves. So we feel these things. Um, at times we feel overwhelmed maybe in life with when it when, when seems like a lot of stuff comes all at one time at us. Just, just, these are just, these are, it's just stuff. It's life, right? Sometimes we feel worry. Something's happening. We don't understand or how this is going to work out or whatever that is. So, we, so we've got these things. So, so uh, we, we sometimes feel there's just a, a, there's just a reality that in life, in, in, a, in, in still living in this, this tent of flesh, that we're going to feel these things. Um, they, are, they are very real feelings in the moment that we, we all go 
go through stuff. And then we all go through things sometimes that we don't want to go through. But, but what I'm bringing to us today, and I feel like where God's maturing us and trying to get us to is that, that oftentimes what happens is, is we allow our feelings to dictate so much of our lives, right? So much of our lives. We can come to church, and we can have an amazing service, and we can come and receive prayer, and it could just be like God God gave the Word that morning for just, to, it's, it's like He was speaking specifically to us. And it can be life-changing and life-altering. And then we go home, and then something will happen at home, or we'll get a phone call, or, or some kind of tragedy happens all of a sudden. Come on, I mean, you know, we're living in real life. People are going to die. And people get sick. And, and trees fall on trucks. Come on. Like, like this is just life that happens. And all of a sudden, there's feelings involved in that. There's emotion involved in that. And, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that just a little bit, guys. But, but what, what I kind of want to make sure that we're grabbing a hold of today is just like this song that we, that we sang is that no matter what's happening, His goodness and His mercy is running after you all the time. He is always faithful. There will be another vehicle. The tree will get up. The, the, get picked up. The air conditioner will be replaced. Come on, somebody. Like, no matter what it is, God is always faithful and He's going to be there in the midst of it. But so often, in our walk with God as Christians, and we're like, we're this light to the world, but yet so much, if we're not, if we're not careful, our feelings dictate so much of our lives. And so, with that being said, too often our peace and our joy are governed by our feelings, not by our faith. Come on. So when everything's there, we're peaceful and we're joyful. All of a sudden, one person gets offended or they get mad or this happens or this report comes in or whatever, and all of a sudden, our peace and our joy is dictated by that one thing. See what I'm saying? It's just, it's just real life stuff that happens that God wants us to navigate through in the right way. Oftentimes people uh, are, are not living in peace because of the feelings of stuff that's going on. But yet when you're, what I want us to see today is that when you're living by faith, when we're truly living by faith over feeling, Jesus' peace, the Word of God says, surpasses all understanding. So that thing can happen that makes no sense to us. And it can hurt. And at times our whole world could even possibly feel like it's coming crashing down. But when we step into faith over the feeling in that moment, there's a peace, a supernatural peace of God. It's not your peace. It's not the peace of this world. It is the peace of God that will rest on you, that will surpass all understanding. And all of a sudden you'll recognize that there He is in the very midst of it. Come on somebody. Isn't that so good? What happens is, is you can, with, with, with stepping into that faith over feeling and, and obtaining the peace of the Lord, you can, you can literally sleep in the boat in the middle of the storm and the boat's falling apart. Come on. Because it's faith over feeling. Amen. When you're living by faith, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The decision 
that we have to make is, are we going to step into the feelings that we're feeling today? Some of you with family stuff, stuff with your children. We got stuff in our marriages. We got stuff within the body of Christ. We got stuff with our church leaders. We got stuff with our church. We got stuff with our community. We got stuff with our government. We got stuff with our current president. Don't even step into that. So we're going to... Are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna operate by faith? We're gonna operate by feeling. Come on, someone. It's like we just gotta make this we, we gotta make this decision. Are we gonna trust him? Like is is he is is he the source or is our feeling the source? So what I what I want to get to today is that there is a necessity for expectation in every area of our life. That's faith over feeling. There's a necessity for expectation in every area of our life. Expectation is a strong belief for a certain outcome. So in every area of our life, we have a strong belief for a certain outcome. And in the end, I think the root of that is that, that, that expectancy that that strong belief for a certain outcome isn't not necessarily how things outcome, but that in the midst that He is there and that no matter what it is, He'll see you through. Come on. No matter what kind of situation you are in, no matter how deep your valley is, no matter, no matter how strong your storm is, come on guys, no matter, how, no matter like how great that your need is, that we expect God to be the source through it and we step into faith over feeling and let us bring us through that thing. Because in the end, He is always faithful. Isn't that so good? I'm just here to tell you this morning, we're going to get into this Scripture, but I just if I can just encourage someone, because I know life is happening, it's happening right now. There's feelings in this house. There's emotions in this house. We all have them. They're not going anywhere. We've just got to learn to step in to faith over those feelings and let the, our faith trump them. Amen? But I just come to tell somebody that you can lift up your head, you can shake the dust off of yourself, because there is all always hope. Amen? Because God always shows up when we're looking to Him. He always shows up when we're looking to Him. I can testify to you today that God has always shown up in my life. Things in my life that happened that I prayed about, that I was, I had a, I had a, an expectancy for a certain natural outcome that I wanted it to look the way that I wanted to look, and it didn't always end the way that I thought that it was supposed to end. But the one thing that I can stand up here today and tell you, in every situation, God has always shown up. He has always been my refuge. He has always been faithful. Come on. He has always seen me through everything. And truly, when I look to Him, his peace has always surpassed my own understanding. Come on. Isn't He good? Isn't He good? Expecting His purpose to prevail. I love this, that in the end, that He will, he will bring to completion what He has begun in your life. Isn't that powerful? It's like, Paul, uh, Paul, Paul wrote this, in, I think, Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 6. 
But the cool thing about that is Paul was in, in chains and in prison. And in chains and in prison, Paul says he will be faithful to complete the work that he's begun in me. I mean, that is, that is stepping into faith over feeling right there. Amen. So let's talk a little bit about this. And, we're gonna, and we'll get into uh, Romans chapter 8 here. But negative feelings of fear, all these different things that I spoke of, will always rob you of expectancy when you give in to them. They'll rob you of expectancy. You'll stop, you'll, you'll, you'll stop believing for that certain outcome. Hope will begin to dissipate out of your life. And ultimately, it leaves us in a paralyzed state. And most of us have all felt that. We've all been there. We've all in certain things and tragedies and heartbreak. And, and because we love so deeply, come on. I think one of the greatest gifts that God has given us as humans is to love so deeply. But with that, with that gift of this deep love comes, comes deep emotions and deep feelings. It's a gift. It truly is. But along with that, if we don't mature in a way, and in everything, trust God over our feelings and our emotions, then we'll give in to our emotions and our emotions will begin to paralyze us. Okay. What I'm not saying is that we're not supposed to, is that we're, is, is that, um, is that we're supposed to suppress our feelings and emotions. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Again, God, God created us to feel. He created us to have emotions. But, but this is so important. We're supposed to lead them by faith and not allow them to lead our faith. So we lead our feelings by faith and we trust Him enough to learn to grow that our feelings stop leading our faith. Help us, God. Amen? So let's talk about expectancy. You in Romans? Chapter 8. Um, <coughs> go to verse 16. Everybody doing good? Romans in 8 and verse 16. I feel like this would be a good time to maybe tell a joke and make things lighthearted, but I don't really have a good one right now. So I'll just wait. Huh? I lost it. Verse 16. The Spirit Himself, this is so good, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Aren't you thankful for that? And then in verse 17 it says, If children, then heirs... Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Okay, so here it's, it's this talking about our identity and, and sonship, sonship through the Spirit. Okay. And then so He comes out of this, this revelation of sonship and being heirs and, and the inheritance that we have in the kingdom, not because of anything that we could do or because we earn it, but because it's just our inheritance as sons and daughters. Isn't that beautiful? 
So then he comes out of this revelation of inheritance, of being an heir, and just being a son and daughter, and he goes right into verse 18, and he says, So, for I consider then that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19, For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For, for creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our body. Verse 24. For we were saved in this hope, But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 28 will end here. And then we know, therefore we know, that all things, everybody say all things, therefore we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are, are the called according to His purpose. Alright, isn't that powerful passage of Scripture? And there's a whole lot in here. Uh, and I'm not, I'm, for time reasons, I can't break all of it down, but I'm just going to hit what I feel like the Lord needed us to highlight to, to gain and grab this revelation of, of faith over feeling and living in a life of expectancy. But, but first of all, if you, if you kind of look back there, let me just say one, it, it, look at verse 18. For I consider the sufferings of the fre- present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which, which shall be revealed in us. So, so one, th- this is kind of cool, but Paul says, Paul says, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in, in us. Now, now, one thing you've got to really pay attention to in the, in, in the wording here is it says, the glory which shall be revealed not, not to us, right? Not, not just for us, but the glory that shall be revealed in us. That's, that's amazing. 
What a powerful promise that we can that we can grab a hold of. And so Paul says, the sufferings of this present time, man, they are they are not worthy. Like no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I faith, no matter what happens, I don't understand. No what no matter what prayer hasn't been answered yet or didn't turn out the way that I thought it should. Like Paul is saying, because he gained the rev- revelation of sonship and daughtership and being an heir. Come on, and as an heir that we have the inheritance of the kingdom of God. And Paul comes out of that and he says, listen man, I've just come to this place in life where I know that my present sufferings, no matter what I have to go through in this life, will in no way compare to the glory that's going to be revealed inside of me. Man, it's that revelation that will carry you through whatever you've got to go through in life. Come on somebody. It's just so amazing when we grab a hold of the Word of God. It's like, and, and, and then it, and it goes on a little bit, and it says, there's, a, there's an earnest, uh, in verse 19, there's an earnest uh, that is like passion-filled. It's not just kind of just waiting around for God to move. It's not just hoping things are going to work out. It's not living just this nonchalant, half-hearted Christian walk with God. But it says, there's an earnest passion-filled expectation of creation that's eagerly waiting for the sons of God. And so when you put these couple verses together here, it's like one thing that we've got to get if we're going to learn how to, 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 to uh, live in faith over feeling is, guys, it's that our joy is not in our present possession. And I'm thankful for the blessings of life. I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for my home, my wife, my family, when I get to go fishing, the things that I enjoy, the stuff God's blessed me with, the family that God's put around me. I'm thankful for my church family. I'm thankful for where I live most of the time. Except the humidity the last couple of days were just ridiculous. I'm thinking, out of all the places I could be preaching, around the Caribbean or wherever, but I'm thankful how many, are, how many of you are truly just thankful? And I'm thankful for it. I'm, I'm thankful for it. But listen, guys. Well, you, listen, you will never step into the place of living in faith over feeling if, if you don't understand that this is not your home. And, the, and that, 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 that the greatest joy in your possession is not, it's not here. Right? Our full reward is out, is out of sight. And living in that place while being thankful for what God's given you here and being a good steward of it and all of those things is so important. But in the end, man, I, my, my joy is full not in, not in what I have here on earth, man, but my inheritance as a son. Isn't that so good? Changes everything whenever things begin to happen around us and we just live in this faith over feelings whenever stuff begins to go on. And then it goes on in uh, verse 23 and it says, because and, and, that was about, about all of creation. And then in verse 23 it says, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Maybe you're thankful for Holy Spirit, Right? Um, even even we ourselves groan like there's a groaning there's a longing within ourselves and it says that it's eagerly waiting it's expecting for the for the adoption the redemption of our 
our body. It's talking about this inward groaning in the body of Christ as a believer with the Spirit of God inside of us that's longing and expecting and anticipating, come on man, the redemption of our body, right? Like the, the new heaven and the new earth. Like our final reward of being complete in Him and seeing Jesus face to face and all these things. Amen? But, but what I want you to see in this is that faith waits in, in expectation for the promise. So, so much of this is talking about our final reward, right? But, but, but yet, the principle is the same in every day of our life in living in faith over feeling is that I'm in this and I'm learning the promises of God. I'm learning what He says about me. I'm learning who He says and what he says about how he feels about me. I'm learning his promises over my life. I'm learning his promises over my family. Come on. I'm learning his attributes and his nature and what he wants to do and what he's able to do and that nothing is impossible with him and what he's called us to do as the body of Christ. And it's in those things, just as Paul's talking about here, about this groaning for, for the final, the final glory that that is going to be inside of us and yet we can take away the same principle in this and the understanding and the revelation that, that faith waits in expectation for the promise. I'm here to tell you, guys, you need to not give up in waiting for the promise over your children. Come on. I'm, I'm so grateful that my wife never gave up on the promise that God gave her over me. I'm so thankful that she kept an, an eagerly passion-filled anticipation for God to get a hold of my life. And she never stopped. And she shared some of that with, with, with some of you that were in the old church and you begin to pray and intercede together. I'm telling you, man, never give up. Never allow your feeling, because I gave her a whole lot of opportunity for feeling to go over faith. Because I did the world really good. Anybody else? And there were probably times when she was pressing in the hardest that I was running the hardest. And in the natural, it would have looked like, man, I've just been, the, the more, I, the more I, I pray for him, then the further he just wants to go. But, but, but I'm going to tell you, it looked that way in the, in the natural. But in the supernatural, the harder she prayed, the further I went in the physical, but in the spiritual, he was getting the heart of my heart. I knew I had to run really hard or really fast because he was about to get me. Conviction was everywhere that I went. I went places he shouldn't go. And then I'm like, you're not supposed to be in here. Please wait outside. This is making me uncomfortable. And he's like, you're coming with me. I love you. This doesn't define you. This isn't what you were created for. I'm fulfilling my purpose in you. My goodness is running after you, Scott. My mercy is running after you, Scott. I'm just telling you, come on. 
Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Faith over feeling. Expectancy. Expectancy. Grab a hold of the promises of God. Grab a hold of His Word of God. Grab a hold of this is truth. You can bank on this. You can't bank on anything else really. We will let one another down. I will fail you. The church will fail you. We fail each other as spouses sometimes. We fail each other as friends sometimes. We fail each other in, in as a church family and all these different things unintentionally sometimes. We all, but I'm going to tell you, you can take His Word and who He is to the bank, guys. And it's like this has got to be, because again, we're, we got these feelings. We have life happening. We grieve, we hurt, we get offended, we get discouraged, we feel hopeless at times. We have all of these things that we walk through that we battle, man. And it's like God's calling us to this place of expectancy. Look at, um, look at verse 24 and 25. And I'm going I'm to work through this here, but try to land this bird before long. Verse 24, For we were saved in this hope, Paul says, but hope, but watch this. Hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, then we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now this is, this is pretty powerful uh, to, to, to catch this. Um, hope for what is seen is not hope because you already see it. We hope for what we do not see. We don't, we, don't, we don't lose sight of it. We don't lose sight of the promises of God. Come on. Even though it's not there yet, we know it's coming. We're believing it's coming. We're in eager anticipation and expectation for that breakthrough, for that healing, for God to show up, for Him to lead you, for whatever that it is. Come on. That, that, there's that place of eagerly waiting for this in anticipation. And Paul says that we do this in perseverance, man. And then, and then I love this, and I don't, I would. I'll, I'll come. I have to come back to this verse because I could. I would just spend the rest of the time on it. But he goes on. He says the Holy Spirit helps us in our in our weakness as we as we step into faith. And he goes in and talks about how when we don't. How many of you have been in such a place in life with things around you when you just didn't even know what to pray? You just didn't even know what to pray. I mean, you was just, it, was just, it just seems like I don't even know where to go now. But I'm going to tell you what. I know who does. The Spirit knows what to pray. And when you're in that place in life, when the feelings are all crushing in, and you don't even know what to do other than maybe say His name, which is always all you really need to do, the Spirit knows what to do, and He will make intercession for you inside of you. Isn't that an amazing thing? That through this, as we lean on Him, and we lean on the Word, and we, and we, and we step in faith over our feeling, the Holy Spirit will begin to step in and intercede and awaken things inside of you. Okay, now I'll come back at another time and, and preach on that, because that's, that's just a whole other thing. My goodness. So now, no matter what you feel, or what your circumstance looks like, by faith, you can know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. This is what Paul's saying. And I'm going to say it again. Because a lot of people walked in with a lot of feeling this morning. We did. Discouragement. Some feeling a little bit hopeless in areas. Shame. All this stuff. But I want to tell you, 
by faith you can know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I, I, ha- I, I won't even begin to speak like I have any understanding what Chris and Melissa, the feelings that they had to feel whenever COVID began and everything began to shut down. Things began to change in their family and people that were out that couldn't just all the different things about it. It's just it's just un, it's just unbelievable. And then and then Chris comes up and he says, We just give God our yes. And it's just about obedience and him opening a door and us just saying, Okay, we'll do it. Whether we feel like we're qualified to do it or not qualified to do it or have all the answers or this or that, when you give God your yes, He'll do all the rest. And truly, even in a situation like that, where feelings could have, like, man, do we just try to figure out a way to get home? Is this the end? Is is this the end of the school? Or blah blah blah, like all these different things. And look, in the end, He truly works all things out for the good of those who love Him. Isn't it amazing? Alright. Can I talk about faith for just a moment? Well, I was going to anyway, so it's good we're all in agreement. (coughs) I've preached on this a lot because it's such a foundational aspect of our walk with God. Hebrews 11.1 I just want to break this down just a little bit real quick. The Hebrews in 11.1 it says this about faith. It says... Faith is the substance. Um, so you could write the word foundation there. It's like it's the foundation. The substance is the foundation. So faith is the substance, foundation of things hoped for. And it's the very evidence of things not seen. So let's just kind of clear, clear this up a little bit. Faith... Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Um, when you don't see the things, you can see the evidence of it in faith. You missed that. I'm backing up. It says faith is evidence. To have evidence, evidence is proof, right? Like if you present, if you present evidence to something, it's, it, is a, it is an actual thing. That, it, that is proof to something. This was here. This was used. Whatever that is. So watch this. So it says, faith is the evidence of things not seen. So it's things that you're still hoping for. So what this says is, is that when you don't see the things, when you don't see the thing, you can see the evidence of the thing in faith. So when Lori was praying for me, they didn't see the fruition of it, but they seen the evidence of what was coming in her faith. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. And then, and then hope, hope is the expectation. So when you put this together, faith is the, faith is the mother of hope. In other words, it's what gives birth to hope faith it's it's why it's why when you read on in hebrews 11 it says that without faith it's impossible to please god because without faith you're going to be living feel you're going to be living and feeling and not faith okay so 
So faith is the mother of hope. It's what gives, it's what gives birth to hope. And then hope is expressed in expectation. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. Hope is, is the expectation. Faith is the mother of hope. And again, hope is expressed, shown, evident in expectation. And, and, and when, you, when you read on through there, and I encourage you to later on in, in, uh, uh, the, in, in Hebrews, in, in chapter 11, um, it's all about moving forward in faith and not feeling. And it talks about Abraham, and it talks about Enoch, and it talks about Noah. Noah, I'm going to flood the earth. Hadn't even seen rain yet. Didn't even know what rain was. I need you to build this big boat. And I'm going to do all of this like, like, can you imagine the feeling that Noah had? Could you imagine the discouragement that Noah felt building this ark with everyone fighting against him to fulfill the will of God that God has on his life? How many times has God told you to do something and the people around you didn't understand it because they didn't hear God in it? And, and, and if you would have listened to your feeling, then you would have never stepped into obedience. So you've got Noah, and then, and then, and then we, got, um, we, got, we got Sarah, and you got Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and, and Moses. And the, all the things that God called them to do where the feelings would have been, had to have been so strong and they had to choose faith over feeling. Rahab and Gideon and Samuel and all of this. Again, man, it's, just, it's amazing for me to think about the feelings that they had to step over to walk in faith. And then I love this in Hebrews 11 because this, this, is, where we, this is where we get messed up at. Because how many of you know we like to work on a time frame? And how many of you know our time frame is a whole lot shorter than God's? But in that, in that passage where it's talking about all these men and women of God that, that, that allowed faith to trump their feelings and walked in obedience and God was able to do amazing things through them, it says, it says this in the Scripture, it says, Some died in faith not even having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were still assured of them, embraced them, because they were expecting and looking for a, home, a homeland beyond this life. In other words, they got old, and they got sick, and they got wrinkly, and they had back pains, and stuff started to break down, and they started to get to the point where they kind of thought, okay, maybe not in my life, but they, they, they died in faith, still expecting for that thing to come to pass, even if they weren't here to see it, because in the end, they weren't just looking for that thing, they were looking for the final glory to be revealed in the new heaven heaven and the new earth and to stand face to face with their king. It's really the only thing that truly matters. Amen? And yet we get so focused in on this one little friendship. This one little opportunity of ministry that got shut down to me. Come on. I know I, I shouldn't say stuff like that. I, it gets too close. 
Let me see if I can find some other examples that you guys don't go through. No, I don't have any. And it's a life. And in the end, who's in control, man or God? Who are you trusting in? I should know I trust in God. I trust in God in everything. In leading this church, I trust in God. I do nothing without prayer. I'm not your savior. I'm not your leader. I'm not the one responsible for you getting where you're supposed to be. That's God's job. Amen? We're going to trust Him together. And whatever that thing looks like, we're going to walk through it together. In everything that happens, we're going to begin to put our faith over our feelings. And in the end, we're going to be able to go through these things no matter what it looks like or how long it takes, knowing that our overall aim and expectancy is eternal glory in us. Come on, somebody. Y'all are quiet up in this. Everybody got fireworks on the brain or something. Amen. Any good? Let me, let me finish with this. And I, I won't read it, um, but you, you should because it's so good. But I'll just talk a little bit about it. Um, I want to give you a biblical example. How many of you know that God's given us, there's an answer to everything that you face and will go through in life right here. How many of you know there's an answer for it? You want to know how do I go through this? I guarantee if you get in the Word, God will tell you. It's usually going to be, it will, not usually, it will always be 100% opposite of your flesh. So you really don't want to go looking unless you really want to submit to His will and be willing to step in faith over feeling. Okay? You're welcome. I'm feeling a little spunky today. Oh, i got to finish. Okay. Uh, so what I was going to share with you, I'm just going to talk about it. You go back and read it, okay? Because we're, we're blazing. Here we go. Um, uh, uh, in, in, in Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, right? had to carry the heart of God over God's people in their time of disobedience in these things. And so, um, I want to I just show you a little example in here. But in, in, in Jeremiah, the people of God are, are captive in, in, uh, in Babylon uh, because of disobedience. And they just stopped trusting and looking to God. And, and he, ended up, he ended up, people, it's going to be a hard people to get, but he ended up leading them into, cap, into captivity in Babylon. Okay, another sermon right there, but we'll come back to that. But they didn't trust him, follow his word with expectancy. So, so in Jeremiah, in chapter 29, um, God, God speaks. And he speaks to, to, to all of Judah, all of the people that are captive in Babylon, through the prophet Jeremiah in a letter. So, so he speaks to him, Jeremiah writes it out, the letter is sent. It gets to those, the, to the to the captives, the people of God that are captive there in 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 Babylon, in in Jeremiah, in chapter twenty nine. And then I'm just going to break down for you a couple things that he says, and then you can go home and read it later. Don't read it now, or you won't be listening to me. Ready? First, of all he says this. Some of you are like, oh, you were reading it. And you're like, oh. first thing he says is probably the most important. And Jeremiah says, "Thus saith the Lord." They're in a place they don't want to be, held by an enemy. They're being captive. God speaks to them. And the first thing He says is, Thus saith the Lord. I want to help you today, and I want to tell you that there, if there's anything worth standing on, it's the Word of God. 
he established, if there's anything worth standing on, it's the Word of God. He was, he was reminding them right, right out of the gate that he, was, that he was still there. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Here's my Word. Stand on this. Don't look to the left. Don't t- look to the right. Come on. Come on. So, get, get, does, let's do something about those feelings. Lock eyes with me. But he's reminding them. He was still there. He had the power to help them. He had the power to deliver them. Can I just tell you that sometimes, sometimes we just need to be reminded that God is in it. Even when we don't feel it, God is in it. Even in a place of captivity, God is in it. Even when we don't feel it. We've all had all these scenarios. I've had minor things happen that are kind of easy for me to deal with my feelings. I've had things that have happened that have been, that have been, you know, pretty hard, and I I really had to get a hold of God and lock eyes with Him to step into faith over my overfeeling, and then, and then, and then there's been times in our life, and 35 years of marriage and children and all these different things. There's been, and, and doing ministry for all these years. Guys, there's been times where I've just had the feet, my feet knocked right out from underneath me, man. It felt like the whole world was crashing down. I felt like I was captive in this place that I didn't want to be held in. Come on, somebody. And my feelings are right there and it's raw. And God is addressing His people that are in a place of captivity and Babylon on. And the first thing that he says is you've got to stand on my word. And he was reminding them that even though you may be in a place you didn't ask for, even though you may be in a place you don't like, even though that place might hurt, even though you might be be, be getting treated wrongly, I am here in the midst of you. And sometimes we just have to be reminded when life truly does hurt, guys, that God is there. That He's there. That He's in the midst of it. And this is the first thing He lays down. It is so beautiful. Let me move on. Help me, Lord. This is going to mess with you a little bit. Are you ready to be messed with? Who's He talking to? God's people. Where's it? Where's God's people? In captivity. Next thing He says is, in captivity, in that season that you don't want to be in, in that place that you don't like, God says, build houses, plant gardens, get married, have families. It's very interesting. He says, he's, he's saying here, he's like, this isn't your final destination, right? This isn't, this isn't the end for you. I'm, 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 I'm getting you somewhere. But he says, but I have a purpose for where you're at. Make the best of it. I've come to tell someone, oftentimes, the fastest route out of captivity is, in, is embracing God's purpose in the place of captivity. Instead of just crying and begging and giving into our feelings, and then again, feelings are all about us and faith is all about God. The faster you get your life all about God, the faster He'll get you out of captivity. But the longer you stay in your feelings, the longer you're going to remain in that place. So God says, you're not, I'm not leaving you here. You're not going to stay here. But while you're here, I've got a purpose for it. I've got some things that I want to do inside of you. So while you're here, keep expecting. Keep living. Keep, keep building a house. Get married. Live life. Matter of fact, th- this will mess you up. Right in, in a few verses after that, he says, and I want you to make peace with your captive. Does he not have any idea? 
what they said on Facebook about me. Maybe he was, his page was down that day or something. But surely he's not telling me that I need to make peace with that captive. But you see, when you're, when you're operating in feelings, your feelings will always trump your faith. But when you're always, but when you're living in faith, your faith will trump your feelings, and you're going to understand and, rev- and be able to understand that even in a place of captivity around your enemies, you can make peace because you know who else is there. God is right there in the midst, preparing a table before you in the very presence of your captives. Isn't that awesome? So right there in the place of that offense, right there in the place of that attack, right there in the place of all those lies. Come on, you know what you can do? Come on. The joy of the Lord can rest upon you. Come on, that person that hurt you the deepest, you know what you can do? You can release them to God. First of all, you got to forgive them because forgiving them is what releases you. It doesn't take back the harm that they did. That's all in God's hands. But I'm saying forgiveness because you know what? His goodness and His mercy follows you all the days of His life. And we need to release the goodness and mercy we've received in the people around us and choose to forgive. But when we're stepping in faith and not feeling, we can, we can, we can live at peace in a place of captivity with enemies around us because we know in that very place, God is preparing a ham and a brisket. Baby back ribs. Come on, preaching now. I should have got some amens up out of here. Y'all sleeping or something. I figure someone might take off running. It is a spirit-filled church, but because I'm not alone. It's because He's right there. Because, because where He's there, He imparts a grace inside of me to be able to love beyond what I can love in my natural self. Because my natural self wants to give in to my feelings and my feelings wants to slap people. Man, I am on one today. I don't know what is going on. It's a holiday weekend. But I don't but I don't live by my feelings. I live by faith. And the spirit inside of me gets a hold of this redhead sometimes. And he's like, eh. And I'm like, I know. I want to release the same kind of love that you've released into me. When you should have smacked me and you didn't. Come on. Isn't he so good? It seems like I got a couple more things to share, and I'm going to let you go. Now I got you all hungry and everything. Okay, um, th- this is this is what this is all about of God speaking into these people, His people in captivity, and 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 to 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 make peace, to to find His purpose in that place. Don't be so distracted by your feelings of wanting to get out of it that you miss the purpose that I have for you in it. Amen. And then, and then, and, and, and then, this is such important because, um, again, your, your feelings will keep you captive, but faith will leave you out. See, without expectancy for change, we let our feelings control us. And then, once we get there, we become idle, we become unproductive, and we become unfruitful. And then we lose sight of the eternal glory because of our temporary sufferings. And this is what Paul was talking about in the Scripture that I opened up with. Amen? And then this, and I'm going to finish with this. This is really going to bless some of you. It's going to make some of you real excited about situations that you're in. So you're welcome in advance for this as well. So then God says, after 70 years of captivity, after... (laughs) You know you have a hard time with a day. You know you do. You know a week's like really pushing it. A month, 
now we're all up in ourselves. You know we are. We're, up at in, or we're operating in the flesh for sure. And God says, after 70 years of captivity are completed, I'll visit you and I'll lead you to your promise. There's purpose for I have you. Don't lose sight of me in this place. I'm going to bring your healing and I'm going to bring you to fulfillment in your promise. And so while you're in this place, I've got a purpose for it and I want you to live and I want you to make a difference and I want you to release me and reflect me and I want you to have families. I want you to be an example and I want my glory to be revealed through your life. But until 70 years are completed, come on. You gotta be, how many of you gotta be willing to go through some stuff? You gotta be willing to, to keep, to, to step into faith over feeling even while you're waiting for the fulfillment to come. And this is what God's speaking to this. I'm like, what? And then, and then after dropping this wonderful news on them of 70 years, then he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil and to give you a future and a hope. In other words, he's saying, my purpose and my plan hasn't changed and my plan is good. Come on. I have a, I have a purpose for where I've led you and I'm, I'm, an awa- I'm awakening something inside of you. Come on. And then he kind of begins to wrap this up as he's speaking to, to his people. And then he says this to them. And this is where our faith is awakened at. This is where, we're, this is where our feelings begin to, begin to fade away. Come on, man. And our faith begins to rise up. And so it's in that place. It's in that place of captivity. It's in that place of pain. It's in that place of misunderstanding. It's in that place where our feelings are wanting to take over us. And God says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And God says, and I will be found by you and I will bring you back from captivity. Can I tell you something, God? God is calling you to your place of prayer. He's calling Calling you a place to lock eyes on him, and and when we're when our what is the hardest thing to do when your feelings negative feelings are rising up? I think I just want to go spend time with Jesus. Now what you want to do is go get on Facebook and express yourself. So it's like there's this there's this combat in there, and and because I've watched this, and and, and again this is real life stuff, guys. Because feelings are real, and they're it's really hard to go through, and life gets really hard sometimes. And when when we're not when we're not walking in this level of maturity and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, man, we'll have a feeling, and all of a sudden we'll let that bitterness in, and then we'll let this anger in, and then confusion will come in, and we start feeding that stuff, and then all of a sudden we start to see things differently and we start to step back and step away and then we're not hearing God we're hearing our flesh but we're telling people it's God and then we end up going a whole different direction than where God had us for you know I'm preaching a whole lot better than how you're responding and this is just this is just life and God is saying listen this is this is this is this is a war this is a battle you're going to have to get on your face and you're going to have to get on your knees sometimes and you have to say God I don't like this I don't want it I didn't ask for it it hurts it's overwhelming I'm discouraged I feel helpless I feel hopeless but I'm at the end of me but at the end of me is the beginning of you and I'm going to 
seek you and I'm crying out and I need you and I trust you and I'm willing to go through the pain and I'm willing to go through the hurt and if I got to be lonely, I'll be lonely and I've got to do this, I'll do that. But God, I want what you want. I trust in you. My eye is locked on eternal glory and this temporary suffering in no way will ever compare to the glory that's going to be revealed in me. The pain that you feel right now, wife or mom or husband or dad or parent, in no way will ever compare to the eternal glory. If you put them on a weight, I'm telling you, the glory is dropping all the way down. Any good? I'm tired. That was exhausting. I love Jesus. This world's full of sin. So there's just going to be bad stuff to happen. And um, I'm not even talking about the world like sinners. I'm talking about just the church. Because we're still bad on our flesh. We're going to let each other down. And we're going to hurt. And we're going to have feelings. And we're going to be real encouraged sometimes. And then we'll get discouraged. Maybe we'll, we'll face that feeling. and Stuff will happen that you won't understand. People are going to go be with the Lord way beyond what you think they're ready to be with the Lord. But all my life, He's been faithful. And all my life, He's been so, so... If it didn't turn out the way that you want it to turn out, if that thing doesn't happen, if that person doesn't come back, can I ask you something? Is He still good? Is He still enough? He's always it. Faith over feeling. Amen. Should have brought a firework to light off. In with that, that'd been awesome. I don't know where this stuff comes. I need to stay focused more. Goodness gracious, Brother Craig, will you come and play something real quick? I feel like I probably need to pray for folks that would like help because I tried to make this a little. Well, I make things lighthearted anyways, and I just happens my silliness. I've tried to make this a little lighthearted, but there's a reality that we hurt. We hurt deep sometimes. Can I just testify one thing that's been a blessing to me in life of being able to step into faith over feelings is there have been a couple of times in my life where I didn't even have the strength to take a step even though I wanted to step in faith over my feelings. It's like I couldn't even get myself up off the floor. But I'm so thankful that I had a body. And I had men and women at times that in those moments and some of those hardest moments of my life that they were right there to say, come on, Scott, let's go. You're not alone in this. And you know God's with you, but you know what? Sometimes we need someone to help hold up our hands while we're waiting. Amen. You need one another, guys. God never intended for you to go through this thing by yourself. We trust in Him. He's everything. But I'm so grateful that He uses people. Aren't you? That He uses the body of Christ. And so, i tell you what I'll do. I'm just going to take a minute. It's just up to you. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have Craig lead us in, in song for just a moment. I'll have you stand. But if you're facing a great difficulty, if you're facing something that's kind of brought on some weariness and you're wanting to, you're wanting to step over those feelings that maybe have seemed like that they've been overriding other areas of your life and you want to step into faith, in that, then I'm just going to invite you to come forward and I'm just going to agree with you over it. Amen? And uh, so, so as he sings, this altar's open. You come. I'll pray with you. And uh, if not, can all of us just take a minute and thank him for his faithfulness? Amen.
and just commit ourselves to living by faith and not our feelings and emotions. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's pray. This altar's open. Come on. Come on down. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire darkest nights you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend I have lived in the goodness of God for my I will sing in the goodness of God. the goodness of God. Your goodness is running out, running after me. Your goodness is running out, running after me. With my life laid out, surrender now, I give.
with you and God they they are stepping into your faithfulness God and they feel your strength and your peace and truly leave here today with the joy of the Lord as their strength and we just pray it all in Jesus name amen amen love you and bless you Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.